This episode of Angular Air is sponsored by Auth0, authentication made simple for developers. Modern authentication and identity can be hard, but Auth0 makes it easy. With Auth0, you can enable login with any social provider, have multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, and passwordless login all at the flip of a switch. Find out how to add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 app in under 10 minutes at Auth0.com forward slash Angular. Hello and welcome to Angular Air. On this week's episode, we have panelist Justin Schwartzberger. Hey, how's it going? And we have a special guest today, uh, David East. What's up, everybody? So David, you came on today to talk to us a little bit about your favorite subject I know, Firebase. Yes, today I'm going to be showing off a lot of the stuff with the Angular Fire 2 library. And uh, I hope you like observables because that's, uh, if you don't, it's going to be a long show. <laughs> so we're going to do things a little bit different today. Instead of the new, no, usual interview style, we're going to have David actually give us a couple demos. Uh, so he's going to give us kind of an intro demo, just getting up to speed with Angular Fire 2. And then we'll get into observables. And then finally, um, the new router. So actually, I know that uh, the router's changed over a couple of times. It'll be fun to see uh, David uh, work through, I'm sure, the numerous issues that will occur. But uh, let's uh, cross our fingers and see what happens. Yeah, I've literally used the new router. I love the new router. I've used it a couple times. And I got the demo I'm doing today working this morning. Uh, but outside, I was at like 5.30 in the morning. And I was like, this is good. I'm done. I don't need to practice anymore. And uh, we'll, see. we'll see how that goes. All right, David, so let's start off with uh, the first one. If you want to share your screen and uh, yes. show us kind of the intro to Angular Fire 2. Let's see here. Make sure I got my setup correct. All right. Let me, I'm going to do this from scratch. So I'm going to MK a new gear and call it Air 4 because that will be my, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Let's just RM. RF my Air 4 because the, oops, that was the wrong one. Okay, let me just do this, Air 4. So what I want to do now is I want to do an ng-new for the Angular CLI because if you're going to get started with an Angular 2 project, uh, you definitely want to use the CLI. So I'm going to call this ng-new Air 4. And now uh, this, this installing process takes a bit. So uh, if you want to get a coffee, a sandwich or something like that. Now's a pretty good time to do so um, because this installing packages for tooling via NPM is not uh, not the quickest process. No, quick, quick question, David. Uh, I know right now um, they don't support like plugins and that type of thing for the Angular CLI, but uh, I know you guys, in particular with Firebase and especially with the static hosting, there's a lot of things that you could do kind of uh, adding on to the CLI? Do you guys have plans for that in the, fu the future? Yeah, back in the day, uh, by back in the day, I mean like January, uh, I wrote a plugin for the Angular CLI. Oh, I got to hit chat open, that's embarrassing. Um, but I wrote a plugin for the Angular CLI and uh, it uh, for Firebase and that, and it did essentially the uh, the deploying of Firebase, uh, your app to Firebase hosting. Uh, and it actually ended up being super superfluous uh, because the Firebase CLI itself still works really great. You just need to CD into the disk folder in your Angular CLI project and then deploy from within there and it works. So uh, you can do add-ons like it's, you know, the Angular CLI is based off the Ember CLI, which has the add-on system. So there are ways to do that through the add-on system. Uh, but, yeah, but I, I think some of that is changing. I'm not sure if. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. The, this landscape's always changing. But I find that most of the things that you need to do, uh, you can actually just do straight from the terminal. So like, you know, when we, we can CD into Air 4, and I don't think uh, L. I don't have a disk folder yet, but if there was a disk folder here, I would just CD into disk, and then after I did that, I could type, you know, Firebase init, or actually from there, just be like a Firebase deploy. And after I've initialized it, that would uh, deploy everything out. 
So it, it's not super critical that there is an add-on uh, for those type of things. Uh, there, any plugin that we'd want probably would have to do around generating scaffolding, like how you can generate scaffolding for components and stuff like that. But now I have this open. Let's do a code dot. Let me close out of that. And let me go into uh, first things first. I'm going to do is I'm going to open up this terminal right in here. Uh, so, and shift P. There's a terminal inside of Visual Studio Code, which is super awesome. And I'm going to do another npm install Firebase and Angular Angular Fire two save. So this is another, uh, this is the beauty of being a web developer is that you get to watch great NPM loading screens all the time. <laughs> it's like why I got into this business. You know, it's funny is actually if you turn off that silly uh, loading progress thing, it actually runs 30% faster. <laughs> that is a life hack right there if I've ever Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll include on the show notes the uh, command so that you can turn that off. All right. So I've installed it via, so I've installed everything, clear this out. And the first thing you have to do is you have to need, you need to, if you're adding any type of, you know, third party or anything outside of, you know, Angular, you know, world, you have to open up this Angular CLI build file and you need to specify, you know, what you need. And in this case, I do this a lot. So I have it at a, uh, little snippet. So you include Angular Fire 2, uh, everything that's JavaScript underneath that, and the same for Firebase, everything JavaScript underneath it. And we know that exists because it essentially it's a node module. So Angular Fire 2 and Firebase right here. So they map up pretty well. Now, David, this is going to handle getting your uh, th this package from the node modules into your disk directory, right? Correct. So if I do an ng build at this point, it's going to generate my dist folder. And then inside vendor, that's where you can see Angular Fire 2 and Firebase. And that's everything that's inside here is what goes inside vendor. And that is what is specified in index.html. So now uh, I've specified that, which makes me happy. But now I have to go into the scary part of the world, and that is when you deal with System.js. <laughs> so where are you, System.config.ts? So now we will open up this file, and it's like crazy amounts of comments. You got stuff down here that you shouldn't touch. Uh, this file always seems kind of scary to me, but it's actually not too bad. So what we have to do right now is, is we have to map these dependencies we have, uh, like you know, Firebase and Angular Fire 2, and we have to let system know they exist. So the previous step we did is we were just specifying, we we're letting the CLI know that these are files we want included in our build. And right now we want uh, system to know they exist because system.js is, you know, essentially we don't have module loading in the browser today, so system is the, you know, shim for that. And to specify you know, our files, we just let, you know, system know where they live. So Firebase lives in vendor slash Firebase slash Firebase JS. And then with Angular Fire 2, it's a bit different. So it is vendor slash Angular Fire 2, but we're not going to specify a specific file like we're doing with Firebase because it's actually a package. So the Firebase, everything we need is contained within this one file. So we can point system at this Firebase JS file and just, you know, say, have a good time with this file. But with Angular Fire 2, it's more than just one file. We actually have an entire package because we wrote it in TypeScript. We wrote it with, you know, the entire module system in mind. So to let that be loaded properly, we need to specify it as a package. So I can do that down here and say Angular Fire 2. And you have to specify two things. You have to specify the default extension. In this case, it's JavaScript. And then also the main file, which in our case is called AngularFire2.js. Now, uh, some people ask me sometimes why you have to specify the default extension. And the answer to that is, I have no idea. 
Um, so you can maybe that's why I was hoping Patrick was on. I was gonna. This was one of my Patrick joke moments, but he's he's not on. So maybe maybe next time. So now that this is specified, what I need to do is I need to go into my TS config. And TS config essentially is, hey, I'm using TypeScript, and here's our, here are all these options that I want for TypeScript. Like, where's my output directory? Do I want source maps? What's my target build? Uh, you know, ES5, ES3, ES6. So you can you can specify all these things. And then what we also can do is you can specify which files we want compiled or included in our build. And with Angular, we know that your entry point is your main TS file, where you do all your bootstrapping and everything. And so if you specify your main TS, it will know to compile everything that is a dependent of main TS. But we also want to include these typings. And so typings give us, let's see, uh, typings in this case so references typing slash browser so it gives us all these browser typings and you know all this stuff we need to know to get nice TypeScript uh, support and we need to do the same for the uh, Firebase typings we need to in, like and use our own and so we don't actually use typings we just ship ours with the uh, node module so we can do and I have the little shortcut right here so no modules Angular Fire 2 Firebase3.dts, and now we have Firebase typings. And so at this point, we should be pretty good. So I want to actually start writing real code. And to do that, I'm going to go into my main TS. And then this is where I'm going to set up Angular Fire to be used down the component tree. So I can inject the Angular Fire service. I can start creating observables through Firebase. And it really all starts right here. And so I'm going to import from Angular Fire 2. And then from inside here, I'm going to grab this. Wait, did I spell that? Angular Fire 2. Okay, great. I'm going to import default Firebase. And I'm not getting my nice little uh, Visual Studio code support. So it always makes me nervous when that doesn't happen. And then my Firebase providers. And so down in my bootstrap phase, this is where we can make things available down the component tree. So I want to have all the Firebase providers available because that's all the services we need. And then lastly, I'm going to use this default Firebase object. And I'm mad that TypeScript is just not totally working. I'm actually going to kill this and I'm going to start this up again because this happens all the time. All right, there we go. I wanted it to yell at me. So it's yelling at me right now because I need to pass in a configuration. And so I'm going to do a little snippet for that. And so this configuration is what you need from Firebase. And this might seem like a lot of information, but it's actually just copy and paste information. If we go to the Firebase dashboard and you click this web setup, it's essentially all of this information right here. And you just copy and paste it into this. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I got a question, question on this. Actually. So, yeah. you have the API tag here, and I noticed this now. Oh, uh, you mute while I'm talking and getting some feedback. Okay, yeah, let me do that. I don't know. Where is your. There it is. Okay. So, um, when I was transitioning from the previous version of Firebase to Firebase 3.0, uh, I noticed that the API key is in on the client side, whereas I think before you can make you, you like Firebase 2 and before you can make it like essentially public, you know, anonymous users can access. So there wasn't really an API key. And like, um, is there any like basically security related issues with exposing your API key on the client side? Nope. Uh, it's actually just a it's a key to help out the uh, client when he gets to the back end to be able to locate. Uh, essentially, like the uh, centerpiece identifier for all of your different services uh, for Firebase, like your project identifier, which is unimportant from a security perspective. Um, it's just like your database URL. It's except uh, this is really it, this is really just sort of a convenience factor for uh, the back end, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's totally fine to include it on the client side, and there's nothing you have to do to secure it either. 
Well, okay, but but I, you would assume that basically uh, the use of this is like should be public, right? Because anybody right. could grab that. Okay. Yeah, no, this is totally fine being public. Um, it's uh, there's no secure information that uh, is known from this. It's just like like I said, it's just a convenience for the uh, backend to have it. Right. If you want to, like, I think we connect from our API, like on the server side, to do some of the uh, data updates and maintenance and uh, for that, you create like a service account. Correct. Yeah, exactly. You need a service account um, if you're on the on the server side for uh, for the Java or Node SDKs to do anything of significance. Right. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Good point. I have a question too. Um, is this pointing to the new uh, Firebase portal now with Angular Fire Two? Correct. Yes. That's okay. All the new stuff. Okay. So I know previously when I was playing with it a few weeks ago. Um, it tripped me up a bit. I had to create my Firebase project in the old portal for Angular Fire 2 to connect to it, but now everything's up front, right? Yeah, no, everything all, oh yeah, it's because we were still, a few weeks ago, we were still uh, upgrading to the new SDK. So yeah, you were doing everything. However, you could have used the uh, authentic, you could have used the new site for the database but not for the authentication so okay. sort of like this weird no man's land and that's why we needed to get it upgraded for many oh, cool yeah so this is all this information that you get and then once you have that you just specify it in your default firebase and then we're pretty much ready to go and so i will go to my app component and these errors are just uh, Visual Studio Code just tripping. It thinks, you know, it's saying, hey, just letting you know, decorators, you know, that's not an official feature. And you're like, I know, TypeScript's cool, don't worry about it. And so at this point, what we want to do is you want to import from Angular Fire 2 again. Angular Fire 2. And at this point, we want to just import this Angular Fire service. And what we do inside here is we'll take the constructor and we're going to inject it in here. And from this point, we can use all the services on Angular Fire. So I could call af.database, which will give me access to this list or object, which will create a list observable or an object observable. And I can point out to a spot in my database, which I'll show you in just a second. And since it's observable, I'm just going to subscribe and log the results to the console. And now let's do an ng build and an ng serve. Oh, and it doesn't like something. I, uh, I know exactly what it doesn't like. It's saying, hey, you deleted title because I made this huge mistake by not deleting the test immediately. Uh, it's always a recommendation of mine. It's just uh, delete tests. You know, they don't, they don't ever seem to really help. That's, that's oh, just from the uh, you're talking about from the auto generated stuff from the CLI you delete them. No, just any test, any unit test at all. Oh. Uh, if you see anything <laughs> with like dot test or dot spec, you can just delete it. You know, you're just saving everybody time. That's just what they believe on the Angular. Well, I, I would at least like to just comment it out. At least the files exist there, and I pretend like they exist. No, just out of sight, out of mind. Just delete it. You know. You know, I, that's what Jeff Crossy spends hours writing these tests, and I'm like, what is he doing? I just delete them, and you know, <laughs> nice. I haven't told him yet. He's, he just knows all the tests pass. All right, so now let's go back to the database. And so we have these two objects. And so we have this one with a dollar key and a name, and then this one right here with a dollar key and a name again. So I thought Patrick's gonna be on, but Patrick's not gonna be on. So I'm gonna make a change and so we have Jeff and Jeff and then we get an update oh man this hangout sharing my screen thing is tripping me up okay so and then now we have one item one of Jeff and item two of Jeff and what's cool about that is we make the change it updates everything and this dollar key is actually a convenience the library shows to print out the key value. And so when we created the list of items, and that's because we have this node of items, and that's because the real-time database is a NoSQL 
JSON database, which is a super fancy way of saying that this is a database of that's just one big JSON object that you manage. And so items is just a JSON key that has two child keys, so one and two, that have child keys of name. And so that's just if you're used to JSON, then you'll feel right at home with the real-time database. Is it Mongo under the scenes, or do you guys use something else custom? It's from what I currently know, a uh, sort of like a custom uh, like use of Mongo, like uh, from a like we don't use Mongo just outright. Gotcha. It's like a very custom use of it. Um, all right. So now that's so that's one way of doing things. So you can do things through a list, but we also can do things through just a single object. And so we wouldn't want to get uh, and we could do it this way, but we'd really, if we just want to get one back, we could just say items of slash one, and let's be idiomatic and change that to item. And then now when I refresh, we just get the first item. So item one is Jeff, you know, key and everything. And then if we update it, and if Patrick was here and said Patrick, it updates again. So this is great, but I probably want this in a template rather than in just, you know, the console. And there's a pretty awesome and easy way to do that. So I'm going to want to use a custom object here, which is a Firebase object observable, which we were going to use for our property. So we'll say item, and it's Firebase, it's observable. We'll specify that it's a type of any. And then now say this dot item equals items of one, and I don't need to actually subscribe anymore. So inside of this component.html, let's go and pipe out. Let's do a pre or pre, and I could say that we have item, and let's pipe out to async, and then pipe out to JSON. And this right here says, all right, let's do the double squigglies. We're all familiar with these from Angular 1. So let's template out the item. And this item is actually an asynchronous value since it's an observable. And this observable is essentially a collection that arrives over time. So as this object, every time a property is updated or added, changed, removed, that gets added to this collection. Because an object is essentially, it's a hash map, so it's a collection of key values. And as they change, we're going to subscribe to these changes. And piping to async just says, let's subscribe. And it's a nice way of doing it from within the template. And so since we are subscribing with async, we then pipe out to JSON. And this is just you know a little formatter like you're used to in Angular 1. So now we're loading. And then you can see right here, we have our first key. We have name Patrick and key of one. And the same thing would work again. Go back to Jeff. And it changes in real time. So that is how you do a setup and work with observables and lists in Angular Fire 2. Huzzah. We're going to take a quick break to hear about ThoughtRam. ThoughtRam. Extend your memory. Want to get up and running with the Angular framework, but don't have the time to read through all the documentation and tutorials on the internet? ThoughtRam's Angular Masterclass may be perfect for you. Check it out today at thoughtram.io forward slash training. Welcome back. Let's pick it up where we left off. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the, the second uh, item, doing a deep dive into observables. All right. So let's go. Yeah, let's do this. All right. So let's go into back into the app component. And I want to switch back to using lists. So let me list of items. And for a list, I'm going to use a Firebase list observable. And so we'll say property of items. And we don't want to subscribe right now. And I can say this dot items. They have the database a list of items. And we go into the template and create a UL and an LI and do an NG4. And uh, what I want to do at this point is I want to just iterate through all of the items. So I can say let item of 
items. And since we know this is asynchronous, we're going to pipe to async. And I want to do something similar, uh, something simple, which is you know item.name and template that. Now let's go to the thing, and we see we both have Jeff and Jeff. And we say Jeff one, one, two. And that updates there in real time because it's magic. And at this point, though, let's say we uh, we wanted to do something a bit more uh, powerful, like uh, we wanted to limit back the type of things we were getting. Well, what's kind of great about this is, is we can actually say, all right, let's filter out what we're going to do here. And uh, let's say we're item. Oh, filter does not exist because I need to import. Oh, let's see here. RxJS slash operator slash filter. I can't remember this now off the top of my head. Because you have to, essentially what you have to do is, is all these operators do not come for free uh, when you're using uh, observables. You actually have to import them, and you import them straight, uh, the function straight on, and then it becomes patched onto the observable. Now, that, that is specifically because, um, so we can have the smallest package size when we're doing, um, you know, our, our deployment to production, right? Correct, yeah, because you, there are dozens of dozens of operators in RxJS. And to assume that you want all of them is likely incorrect because not everyone needs to switch map or zip merge or whatever doodad is the latest, hottest new operator to use. Um, so to include them all would you know, be a pretty big burden to the user. So right now, uh, I, I'm trying to remember if it's this. Matt Pawasaki, if he's watching right now, is probably screaming at me and being like, it's in this folder. Is it, um, is it add operator? Thank you. Yes, add operator. OK, great. I think now it's yelling at me because I'm not doing anything great with it anymore. See, that's why I'm glad you're, you're here, Justin. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, all right, so now if I say, OK, let's do this on one line. So let's say we're item.name you know, is equal to Jeff. And why does it? Oh, because so this is a nice little TypeScript thing we're doing. So we're we're saying we want of any. And this is kind of saying, well, you any doesn't have a thing of name. So I can go and I can create a model and I could assign it to that. But I'm lazy and I want to talk about typecasting. So what I actually can do is I can say like TypeScript. Listen, I know what I'm doing. And oh, this needs to go right in here. And then at this point, let's see your account invoke expression change last call. I'm like doing this. I always forget. Does any go before? Yes, I think so. There we go. Thank you. And so at this point, now what I'm doing is I'm saying, all right, uh, I'm casting and saying, like, listen, I know what I'm doing, TypeScript, which is usually not the case and i say i know what i'm doing this has a property of name and then i can set that you know to uh you know i want to make sure and compare this name so i only want to filter back these people who are jeff let's format this over here and so now i'm going to get yelled at because we're saying let's see observable oh yes because it's saying hey uh we don't recognize uh, this you know type of observable, and so I could do another cast or another way you could really do this is you could say import observable from RxJS, and then rather than use a Firebase list observable, you can just use a regular observable, and it works just the same. You do miss out on some of the uh, uh, functions that come with it, but we don't need that for now. So we're just going to go with this. So now when I save and do a refresh. And why it didn't refresh for me? Oh, it's because we don't have any Jeffs. We have Jeff one and Jeff two. So if we say Jeff and go back, why didn't that one go through? I think I might have another error in here. So this should return items. Here. Let's figure out what's going on. So another great operator is the do operator. So I'm going to include that in here. And so 
But a do is, a do is a really nice way to figure out like what's going on and to debug. And so at this point, what I can do is I can actually log through this stream. So as this stream gets items, I can log it. And it's sort of, do is a place where you do all your site effects, which if you talk to anyone who's big into observables, they don't want you to have any site effects. So I always say like the do operator is more like the don't operator because whenever you use do, you tend to tend to do pretty ugly things in it. But uh, do is a great place when you're trying to figure out you know, why this isn't working. So if I go into here, I'm not getting anything logged to my console, which means that it, we're actually never getting to this point. So I can even bring it above a line into here and see what's going on right here. Aha, so now we get these two back. And so we have key name of Jeff, and so what's going on here is there's something wrong on this comparison. And this is likely because like what I was saying is I'm telling TypeScript I know what I'm doing. And TypeScript's like, seriously, you don't know what you're doing. So let's see what's going on here. Uh, when I say const obj, and let's do, uh, actually, you know, I still want to return this. So I'm going to return this, but I'm going to console.log the item just to make sure I do know what I'm doing. And I'm going to get rid of this do because that'll just make the logs confusing. All right. Oh, I know why. It's because I'm treating this like it's a object, but it's not an object. What we're actually doing is, is we're getting back a list, which is an array. So this is actually a list of items. So like I said earlier, where you don't know what you're doing, I didn't know what I was doing. And I told TypeScript, like, listen, you know, I know what's going on. And it's like, seriously, you don't. So rather than just returning from here, I need to actually do items. So rather than item, I want this to be items. And I'm going to say items.filter. And then now, I'll have an item. I can say item.name is equal to Jeff. And I'm going to return from here. And this isn't going to like it because, let's see here. Let's see. Well, you're returning an array of array, right? Right. Oh, so I want to return filter items, get the array, and then a return from within here, items that filter return, or item name is Jeff. This should be, any is not assignable to Boolean. This should be one item. Let's see what's going on in here. Let's make sure I'm doing my filter correctly. So I can do within here. I wonder if it'll let me just console.log item. Let's see here, I console. I want to let me do that. This was not uh, something I practiced at all. This is something I'm winging. So if it feels like it, it's because you're right. No worries. All right, so item. So I should be able to filter an item. And then I can even just say return true. And that should be happy with that. But why is that? Is that return type Boolean? Oh, it's because I'm doing, it's because I think I'm doing a map. That's what I was actually trying to do. So what I want to do now, so what I was thinking about doing was doing a map, which if you do a map and then do map and then do this part, then it will let you do that. But no, I can't remember what I wanted to do. So if I wanted to pluck these out, how would I handle this? Nothing like live coding in front of, ton, in front of people watching you. All right, so I'm going to filter and then going to get these items back. And then from this actual array, I want to just get back the items. So what I can do is I can return. So let's get the reduced items. So filtered is items.filter item or item.name is Jeff. And then so that's great because this is my filtered array set. You know what? Maybe I just want to map and then filter. Can you get in the filter function uh, the index as well? You, Items in the index and then check that? You can, but then I have to rely on the index, and that's just like takes some knowledge of the actual data. 
And so I would have to be like, oh, I know that one is this, but this actually will do the same exact thing as I want. And that's because I'm getting my observable operators confused with my actual array operators, which is one of the things that makes observables uh, great because they act like arrays, but confusing because they're not really arrays. So at this point, now I have Jeff. But if I took Jeff out, Jeff won, Jeff was gone, but if I go and add this back, now I get Jeff back. Okay, so that's what I was trying to do. And you got to see a really messy debug session through it. So that is how you should do observables. I'm just going to leave that on a question mark. Hey, uh, I have one question. So, and maybe, maybe this is a whole other show or something like that, but um, so a lot of people are interested in Redux and NGRX. So how do you see um, the, where would the point uh, Firebase hook into, like let's say NGRX, uh, where would you, where, where would uh, you hook up Firebase basically in that type of setup? So Angular Fire, Fire 2 doesn't have uh, any, you know, you know, uh, to use this wonderful world word synergy with uh, NGRX right now, like it's sort of two different types of things. So like NGRX Redux is a really great way of managing state. Um, and I'm not the biggest Redux expert because I seldomly do not have the problems that people have that they try to solve with Redux because uh, Firebase, the real-time database part, is a great way. Uh, it's a state synchronization, you know, across multiple devices. And so when I'm using Firebase, all of my state comes from uh, the synchronization events from the real-time database. So I'm always keeping my data in sync from that. So I tend to not have to do some of the things that Redux has. Uh, need for, but it doesn't mean that they can't fit really well together. And uh, Rob Wormald and I, you know, sometimes talk about creating um, a Firebase adapter for the NGRX store. And so the NGRX store would be synchronized with, uh, you know, Firebase data or real-time database data. And then you could just use NGRX store methods as if it were anything else. And so that's something we've uh, kicked around that idea for a while, but we've been waiting to get Angular Fire 2 ready, and then I think we're going to look to see what it would take to do that. I mean, you might be thinking of things in terms of like when you're managing all your data through Firebase, but I think, at least from what I've seen, the more common scenario that people have is that some of their data is managed through Firebase and some through their other data store. And in those cases, if you if you are if you have bought into something like NGRX and you have all your state in these stores, it is kind of nice to think that you can essentially, oh, you know, yeah. like you mentioned, build this adapter where it like pulls or pushes rather uh, data into the store from Firebase as it's updated. And then you can go through the same filtering mechanisms that you have for everything else. Yeah, no, totally. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it. Because Angular Fire is, you know, are very like, uh, uh, very like a prescriptive way of doing it's just like a really easy way of getting started with Firebase and Angular. Like if you know observables uh, and you you know know JSON, then using Angular Fire is going to be really easy uh, to do. Um, and this is like you don't have to set up anything with NGRX or Redux. It's like really quick out of the box Firebase use. With um, uh, the NGRX would be a totally different uh, like use case, like what you're saying, and that's something that we would have to um, like really think through and make sure that it's like you know it seamlessly fits into that whole that whole world. But Rob's definitely uh, been talking about it and has some interest in doing that. Cool. All right, that's it for uh, observables. Now let's um, move on to the last one for routing. I'm really interested to see what you have here. Me too. <laughs> so with router, what we're going to do is we're going to just kill all the code we have right now because you don't need it. You don't need any of this. So what we want to do, uh, it's probably going to yell at me because I'm using, let's see here, can I find name Angular Fire? And I'm trying to get Angular Fire. Yes, of course. All right. Let's delete this stuff. So for the new router, 
there's one thing that I really, really, really like about with the router, and uh, and that's that the the entire router is uh, decoupled from components. So if you use the previous routers and the component router, you could essentially use this uh, annotation on top of components to specify routing, um, which was kind of cool to be able to load components that way. But I found it a little confusing when you had like one component, then you had like a sub component that also had a router and you're kind of like, wait, which, which route config do I need to modify now? And it kind of got you know, kind of crazy. And so now with the router, you can do it all just as a JSON object. And so what we're going to demonstrate is, is just a really simple, you know, list, you know, master detail. Like we have a list of items and if we click a link, we're then going to go into the detail. And I'm going to generate these components using the Angular CLI. So NGG component, let's make it a little bigger, NGG component, and I want a list component. And this will go and do that. And then ngg component detail. All right, so minus minus back, make it a little smaller now. And now we have list and detail. And, you know, because, who are we kidding? We need to delete the test. So that's what I do. And at this point now, what I want to do is I want to be able to map routes to these components. So this list component and this detail component. And you can really do this kind of wherever you want, but you're going to have to provide it in Bootstrap. So I like to keep it as the same level as Bootstrap. So I'm going to create a routes.ts file. And what we need to do is we need to import our components. So we're going to import from uh, let's see here, dot app slash list, and we will have a list component. And then we're going to import from dot slash app slash detail, and that will be our detail component. And at this point, now we can start actually creating our routes. And if we want to use any types, we can actually do that by importing from uh, at angular slash router, and we can import the route object and then all we can do with this we could say our you know our app routes and it is a type of it's an array of routes and at this point we'll, we'll, that's an object and what we can say for here is is our first route is this route object it has a path and we'll leave this path blank because that's our home path and the component is the list component and we can do the same, say path, and we'll say the item slash dollar ID, which will be the parameter. We can say component. And this is the detail component. And really, the last thing you need to do is just export this array. And this is it. This is essentially how you specify your routes in Angular 2. And what I really like about this is, you know, it's actually pretty familiar to doing you know this old friend or to some people not so old and you know when it's this one i can say oh i have a template url of you know item.html and you know my controller of you know my list controller and this is a really really nice familiar feel like uh jeff justin have you two done anything with the new router I'm just now getting into it, so um, but I've done a lot with the older router, so yeah, I, I like this change. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, just, I'm just starting to get into it as well. Okay, yeah, so this is really nice that this object right here, you know, it's direct, you know, analogy to you know Angular One, which is one of the things I really like. So if you're coming on board to Angular Two right now and you're like, okay, there's a new router, there's something really going to need to learn. It's actually really, really familiar. So we have routes. We have our routes set up. And so now what we want to do is we want to let the application know about our routes. And anytime you need to do that, you just let the application know about something. It usually goes in your main TS where you're doing any bootstrapping. And so we're going to import uh, from the Angular router. And we're going to import the provide router 
service function factory object service provider you know whatever we plan on calling that and then we also are going to import from the dot slash routes and we're going to import our app routes and at this point in the provider just like kind of how we do with default firebase we can say uh, provide router with our app routes and that's it this is how we do our config and we let our application know about it so this is great and what we want to do now is open up our app and then we want to go main to our main app component.html and what we want in here is a uh, router outlet and so we'll use this router outlet and this should set us up and you know for loading up what will be our initial list component but what we do want to do as well is since we have included this component right here this router outlet we need to make sure that the uh, component itself the app component knows of its existence and to do that we need to import from angular slash router and do the router directives because that element is also a router i mean a directive and we provide this into the directives array so that's great let's do an ng build and an ng serve and hope nothing explodes we built without exploding and we served without exploding okay great so now i refresh and nothing should okay nothing should load great yeah so it's going to give us a 404 oh wait nobody gives us a 404 for routes which is not what i want but this is at least an understandable error so let's figure out why that is so it doesn't like this right here where i'm saying import app routes from routes and i'm trying to figure out why i'm wondering i figured this out this morning if we let's go to our dist folder before we do anything crazy and yes we aren't actually putting anything inside we have our i know routes.js comes in right here and has our you know this is what gets required so that makes sense so that should work so why doesn't it like routes and this should be totally fine so import route app routes from dot slash routes our typescript liked it okay promise on notice the change that's as routes zone route promise on then yes okay we're not really completely totally sure why this is but i wonder if this is because we're not actually doing anything with our routes yet so i'm going to move on like we know because we have list work so that should load as well this isn't doing anything too crazy all right so i do not know why it's not liking import app routes from routes so who wants to do some interactive debugging with me yeah show me the error again it's just a 404 for routes. So we have localhost 4200 slash routes 404. And I'm pretty sure that's our routes folder. System.js thing. That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess with that. So when you can't beat them, you join them. And so you can't beat it. So what I can do is I can say, oh, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, this is, whoa, look at that. And nothing changes. Now when I save, should it be doing? All right. So I was definitely thinking it had to be a system.js config because this morning when I set up my routes TS, I actually set it up inside the app. So I'm pretty sure there's a system config I needed to do within here where I would set up the main inside here. But I do not. I haven't done that before, so I do not want to start doing that live um so we're just going to provide it into here for now so this is our route and we see that we load our list route so let's create our list so what we can do is we'll create a ul an li and we'll do an ng4 let item of items type that's async because we're going to use a firebase list for that and then inside here what we can do is we can use an, a router link and I'm going to put that in an A tag. 
And so router link is this directive that says, you know, where do I want to link out to? In our case, we want to go to the, what did we call it? We called this the item route. So we want to go to item. Uh, and this second part of the array is what is the ID, so what route parameter. So in this case, we want to use item.dollarkey because that is the ID that AngularFire gives back to us. And now inside here, I'll just close out this A tag, which is appearing to be a challenge, and do item.name. So I'll get the person's name back. That saves, and we should, oh, we get router, oh, it's because I didn't do something very, very important, and I did not include the directives. So I can say, see, import the router directives. Whenever you use a directive, this is a nice lesson to learn if you're doing Angular 2, is whenever you use a directive that's not one of these out-of-the-box given to you for free NG ones, uh, so like in this case, router link, if you didn't make this yourself, and even if you made it yourself, but anything that you're not using that's NG and you start using this, that's not basic HTML, if you're not including it inside this directives array, it's gonna blow up at you. So this is going to happen a lot when you're working with the router, especially when you're working with Angular Material 2 that uses tons of directives. And so you have to really make sure that you're including it where it's needed. So Angular knows how to load that directive. Hey, what's your guys' opinion on uh, putting that up in the bootstrap versus bringing it in each time for the router directive specifically? For this demo, I feel like I really should have included it in the bootstrap because then it just been like YOLO. Um, and I think that I'm more, I've specified it twice already, especially two components down. So unless you're doing something, I would say more complicated with the router, uh, I would say it's probably best to throw it into the bootstrap. Yeah, my rule is usually uh, once I use it more than one place, I put push it up to the bootstrap level. Yeah, and I think that as long as you're not doing some, like you could be writing your own custom uh, router code or something like that that uses directives, and when you do that, then maybe you want to be specific about you know which ones you're you're, you're providing, and that's only if you're going to deal with like a collision of some sort, which I don't know why you would write a collision, but those that's sort of the concept behind this is that by uh, providing this as a directive, you can control, uh, like if I wanted for some reason to make my own router link component, I could do that and then I could just import my own router directives and then throw it into here. And uh, that way, you know, Angular would know to boot it up from that one. And which, you know, was not possible in Angular 1, because we had to, you know, globally register all of our directives. All right, so now uh, I have that. So what I need to do is just do some simple um, import Angular Fire. I'm going to import Angular Fire and Angular Fire list observable. So I'm going to do a private AF. And Justin, you're you're you know something about Angular style, right? Angular two and style. A little bit. Uh, what is your opinion on using private? Uh, and then doing the underscore versus not the underscore. So we decided to ride with the uh, underscore. Uh, just one of the things that we kind of fall into is looking at, okay, what's a common pattern that a lot of people use or tooling uses and not fight with that so that our team will, you know, when they look online, for example, code, they'll have similar uh, type of patterns that they come across sort of thing. So we, we ended up rolling with the underscore for the private. Okay, so I I agree with that in nature, but it feels so uh, it feels so wrong to be like, oh, I'm gonna do a private and then do underscore because then it almost feels like it's public because it's a double negative. <laughs> but, uh, but then yeah. at the end of the day, the joke's on you because this private means nothing. <laughs> means nothing, right? So, right. So I guess if you want to look at compiled output, you right. would want the underscore. Yeah, usually, um, even though that what you just said makes sense, David uh, and Justin as well. Like, but I don't know. I just visually have never gotten used to the underscore thing, so I just uh, aesthetically, I guess, never bought in. My even my own Twitter handle is underscore David East, and it kills me. 
just looking at that underscore. <laughs> the closest thing I could get to whoever I was. Did you, did you uh, put in an offer for whoever has David East? I think like they tweeted out once in like 2009 and it was like, they tweeted out being like, just chilling. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I was like, good for you. Glad, glad you're just chilling. Yeah, okay. On to, uh, on to more important things. You know. Firebase list observable. And I'm going to do this with any. And then this uh, items is af.database.list of my items. And that will set up the synchronizing. And so we go into here. We have Jeff1 and Jeff, which I'm going to change to Justin. And so, and just, just Jeff, because, you know, there's no two Jeffs here. So when I click this. It then loads us to detail. And right now it just says detail works, which is good to know that detail works, but I wanted to actually load up information about the person. And so to do that, I'm going to go down into this HTML and then I'm going to change this to say pre. I'm just going to spit out what we, like we did earlier with item type async type JSON. That will be our template. And inside of here, in our detail component, this is where we're going to do is AF. We're going to import everything as an object, so object observable. And say item, Firebase, object observable. And inside here, AF, Angular Fire. I guess it doesn't matter if it's public or private because I'm not using it outside of the constructor. Uh, and I say this dot item is af.database.object, and I would say item, but I need to know what the ID is. So how do I know the ID? So that means I can't actually do it in the constructor, which means I do need to provide a private. And uh, Justin, will it kill you if I don't use the underscore? Not at all. You do your thing. Oh, if you, I'll support you. Now I feel like using it because you were so nice about it. If you weren't so nice, you're like, oh, it's going to kill me. I was going to be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> all right, so what we want to do now is we're injecting Angular Fire, but we also need to be able to get our route parameter. And to do that, we're going to import from the Angular slash router. And somewhere in England, Pete Bacon Darwin is yelling at me, he's like, it's router. And I'm like, sorry, Pete. All right, and what we're going to import is the activated route. And from within here, we're going to do a private route, underscore route for you, Justin. Activated route. And just as a question, Justin, what is your style on when you have to inject more than one thing in the detail component? Do I... Uh, do I space it out like this? Do I put it on one line? Like, does this go on? Does the bracket go right here? Does it go right there? Well, I'm glad you asked because we run into that and we're trying to decide on that. So one of the things we thought about was as soon as you get kind of more, we end up putting the uh, first param parameter on a new line so that they all kind of line up as a couple spaces in. And then uh, so like right after your constructor parentheses yeah, there and then line that guy over there. And then we end up, but the side effect of that is we end up putting a extra space after the squiggly break bracket so that your in inside that uh, function oh. doesn't line up. Yeah. Oh wait, so does it go on this line or the next line? Okay, so no, the way you had it. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then uh, one one more. There you go. That uh, that's kind of what we decided I, to go with. It kind of right, feels okay. It's not too bad. Uh, you know. Um, I've seen similar things in the Java landscape. Um, okay, so now with the activated route, what we can do is this dot route, and we can say params and get the ID. And so, but actually, I need to do this inside of ng on init. My bad. So this is the part where I'm like, oh wait can't remember. So I get the ID and I'm going to do a console.log because I can't, I feel like I'm doing something wrong here. And uh, so when you think you're doing something wrong, you always console.log. And so yes, it is undefined. And that's because I believe this is an AC 
synchronous thing. So this dot route dot. Oh man, I can't remember what the thing is. Oh, it's right because it's an observable. That's what it is. So what I need to do is need to subscribe, and this will return to me params. So if you think something is observable in Angular 2, it probably is. And now what I can do is I can get this params, and I can say actually not subscribe, I can say map, and I can return params of ID. So this then, if I say subscribe, and what is your uh, style on observable chaining? Is there is there a style for observable chaining? That's kind of what I roll with right there. What you're doing right here? Yeah, it kind of feels good. Okay. So it's also like it's like the logo or the slogan of the Angular two style, you know, guide. Is it like you know? Here's some things that you should do, but at the end of the day. Do what makes you feel good. Yeah, they they put that up there. I, I think it's their approach is nice. They they are pretty clear about the fact of like, look, this is what we recommend, but you know, hey, balls in your court, sort of thing. It's not like this is what you have to do. Okay. So what's cool about this is is now what I'm doing is I'm mapping through all the parameters, and I just want to get back the ID parameter, which, if you recall, in our main TS, we use the colon ID. So because of that inside of here, we can just pass through this ID. And then if I'm returning from that, that's just going to be available and subscribe. And then I can say this dot AF. Actually, I actually want to say this dot item is this dot underscore AF dot database dot object. And I'll say items and using the string interpolation of ID. All right, now save. And when we go back, boom, that works. Formatting's a little off, but still, when I go to each one, we've now set up just super basic master detail uh, for routing with Angular Fire 2. And everything, as you see, is an observable. So that is how you do basic routing with Angular Fire 2 and just Angular 2 in general. And if you are a person who knows a lot about System.js or why I screwed up this part, I'm very interested to know. So hit me up. David, hey, hey, that was an amazing live coding uh, show. I, I mean, you know, people always run into issues. So like, uh, I love that uh, you kept your cool and kind of just went through it. So that was awesome. I, very cool. I very much only practiced the setup. So this, the rest of it, I was like, yeah, let's have fun. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> All right, we're at the top of the show. So uh, let's dive right into the picks. And Justin, why don't you start off? Yeah, so my pick is a web-based game called Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T. Uh, I went to my daughter's uh, open house at her school earlier this year. And in her English class, we were playing that. It's basically a server client game that's kind of like a, a trivia type of game. And it's actually uh, built with uh, Angular. So pretty neat. And I think it would be a pretty good fit, too, with Firebase. I don't know if they're using that or not, but it's got this real-time sort of deal going back and forth, so it's pretty cool. You have their people reach out to my people. <laughs> cool. Make sure you put the link in the uh, Slack channel. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. All right, David, what about for you? Now, does this pick, does it have to be programming related? No, not at all. Okay, so if anyone knows anything about me, uh, is that I've been getting back into skateboarding lately. And uh, it's 30 fun. days in a row on uh, doing a kickflip? Uh, no, definitely not 30 days in a row. <laughs> that's for sure. 30 days of just actually being out there and practicing. <laughs> Some days are better than others. Um, but so, yeah, I've been practicing on my, on my skateboard every single day for 30 days, which is kind of cool when you make yourself do something consistently. But what I've used to uh, help myself is this YouTube channel called Braille Skateboarding, which is like, you know, Braille's and like, you know, like uh, read Braille. And uh, they do amazing, amazing skateboard tutorials of like, you know, from the easiest things of how to ollie, which uh, I learned how to ollie the first day watching it. It was super easy. Um, and then uh, from super complicated things to like how to 360 flip and 
if you follow them, they kind of take up this great channel uh, or great progression path. And they also do lots of hilarious uh, videos where they uh, attacked trucks, uh, skateboard trucks onto anything and skate it. So they've done an iPad, uh, an iPhone 6 Plus, a Mac Pro, uh, you know, two by four. It's pretty, it's pretty entertaining. So Braille skateboarding, I highly recommend you check it out. That's awesome, man. We're definitely going to check that out. Um, for my, my picks, I, I really just have one pick. Uh, Minko Getchip, who is a frequent visitor to the show, uh, wrote an awesome blog post on building an Angular 2 application for production, basically going through how to package your app and use a lot of the modern packaging techniques for tree shaking and everything like that. You can basically get your final package size down to really, really small, especially, I mean, for sure, like a hello world, but even like a significant app, um, you know, fraction of the size of it, if you were doing it in Angular 1 or, uh, you know, some of the other frameworks you may have worked on. So definitely check that out. I'll include the link in the show notes. And the last thing I was going to mention is that um, for the next two shows, uh, we, we do have a little bit of a break here for the 4th of July. I uh, hope everybody has a safe one. Uh, but we're going to come back on the 7th, Thursday the 7th, uh, with Patrick and I totally winging a tutorial on uh, some universal tricks and tips. Uh, so I, I, we can only hope to aspire to do as well then as David did today. And then uh, the next Tuesday, right, right after that on the 12th, uh, Chris Thielen is coming in to give a tutorial on the new UI router. So we're looking forward to that as well. Can I be present for the uh, universal setup? And then can I do to you what you did for me? Uh, that would actually be pretty awesome. Yeah, let's do that. I am, you are really nice though. I, <laughs> I have a hard time being that nice. I usually like to stop every two seconds and, and just nitpick, not because nope. I care, <laughs> because it's fun. <laughs> That's cool, yeah, let, let's plan on doing that. All right, all right, it's a date. Definitely. All right, guys. Have a great 4th of July. See you everybody next week. There it is.